This is KMTT and today is Thursday this Zman Choref Taf Shin Ayin will be having a series by Rav Kalman Newman on society and halacha. Hello. This is the first of a series of shiurim dealing with questions of what we would call Hilchot Medina, the halachot of the state, halacha and politics, especially dealing with contemporary questions in the state of Israel. The idea is to give examples of the halachic literature dealing with these things, to trace some of the issues from through the Torah Shebechtav, Torah Shebaal Peh, and to present a reflecting reading of the various approaches of contemporary poskim or poskim that have written since the establishment of the State of Israel. The idea of Hilchot Medina suggests that this is a special and unique category within the wor- world of Halacha. And indeed, we know that the Rambam, for instance, has a special category, the last part of the Mishnah Torah is called Hilchot Malachim, the laws of kings. In what way does the law of kings differ? Are there different rules? Are there rules that govern public halacha as opposed to private halacha? That we will have to investigate as part of our uh, series. However, just the very idea that halacha does deal with the public realm. For some people, that is not something to be taken for granted. We're all aware that in modern society, in Western society, which is very influenced by certain types of Christianity, there's a notion that religion is a totally private thing. Religion is something in the relationship of the individual, in his inner world, his relationship with God. This has nothing to do with society. Society should function free of this relationship, and indeed it will be better off the more it ignores the relationship between man and God. Obviously Judaism that sees the bridge, the covenant between man and God in the area of mitzvah, in the area of law, that sees also the covenant of God, a special covenant, a special bridge between God and the Jewish people, So certainly the way the Jewish people regulate and organize their lives is something not uh, uh, absent in halacha. And halacha certainly has things to say about the way a Jewish society should function and the way a Jewish political entity should function. I want also to emphasize that we are talking about halachot of the state. And we're distinguishing, we will distinguish between halacha and other types of claims in the name of Torah. Halacha is a specific type of language, of discourse, of argumentation. When someone gives a psaq halacha, the assumption is that that psaq can be justified through a certain system of argument, a certain system of using sources, a certain system of svarah. We will try to talk within that type of discussion. Of course, those psaq uh, again, theoretically, could, uh, uh, must include this potential. It could be that when I ask an individual rav for psaq I will get an answer that is not justified, 
the Rav will say also a mutar, or it could be even a shaila. Right? We have written shailas from the Gaonim that uh, there's a shaila and there's an answer. Very, very cryptic and short answer, just uh, the bottom line. Not to speak of today's chuvot that are given over the internet or on SMS, that certainly have no room for explicit justification. Right? But at least, again, a psakalacha, a real psakalacha, right, must include at least the potential. Halachic language must include the potential, the ability to be able to justify uh, uh, a claim based on svara. And even if it includes considerations that are what we call meta-halachic that are not <coughs> explicit in the sources themselves. This is to distinguish halacha from Torah viewpoint, right? from opinions or statements or in instructions that are based on a Torah Weltanschauung, a Torah world look, right? which may very well have bearing on many kind of public questions. Just to give an example, let's say that the government has decided that tax revenues are insufficient and we have to cut the budget. Where should budget cuts be made? Is it better to cut education, to cut social welfare, to put fewer police on the streets, uh, to uh, spend less money encouraging the arts? Who should make that decision? The government. Let's assume that the government should make this decision. But should there be input? Could there be input by someone with a Torah worldview to help prioritize, to help the government make a decision, to give a Torah uh, a viewpoint on which elements might be more crucial or more important? There definitely is room for that. Right? But that would not be a psakaloch. I'm also not talking here about what's uh, popularly talk, called Das Torah. I'm not talking about that. You know, das Torah as a infallible oracular statement by Gedolim, right, which uh, are not justified, but justified by the very status of the Gadol. I'm talking about uh, extra halachic statements as value judgments from persons from Talmud Chachamim, from Gedoli Torah, who are imbued with the Torah worldview and may be able to contribute to public debate. Again, we're going to talk about halacha proper. Again, without denying the significance of things that are beyond halacha. I once heard, for example, a discussion about what is the mitzvah of the establishment of the state. When the state of Israel was established, what mitzvah is included there? We would say in, in the language of the yeshiva, right, what is it a din of? Okay. Now let's assume that we didn't find a specific mitzvah in the Torah that the establishment of the state is uh, performing, that those who establish the state are performing the mitzvah, the community is performing the mitzvah. That doesn't mean that the state of Israel is any less important. There might be other values that might serve greater uh, significant values that aren't defined in the specific terms of a mitzvah. So uh, Rav Amital, for instance, has an uh, essay called Loha Kol Halacha. Not everything is Halacha. We don't have to judge everything by Halachic yardsticks. So the fact that we are talking here about Halacha doesn't mean to say that only the Halacha has a voice, a Torah voice, in uh, determining or trying to influence public policy or how the state should function. But we here will try at least to focus on questions that are 
formulated and answers that are given in halachic categories. The question of halachic, of psak halacha, okay, or halachic literature re- relating to social political issues is especially problematic for the very simple reason, okay, before we begin even just to explain what the methodological problems with this type of psak halacha is. And obviously we begin with the fact that these issues have not been treated halacha lemaise, at least for uh, uh, th- hundreds of years. If at least if we talk about the notion of a Jewish autonomous, fully autonomous or independent or sovereign entity, right? Certainly, that did not exist uh, even uh, for for a time before the Churban Abayit. Maybe since the period of the Chashmonaim we didn't really have a totally independent Jewish entity. And that, of course, as you can imagine, uh, bears on the ability to deal with such questions today. Indeed, some of the contemporary or modern 20th century uh, writers on this topic bemoan the fact that there has not been treatment of these topics over the generations. And therefore, as Rav Herzog writes, in 1948 when the state was established, not totally by surprise, but in any case, Rav Herta claims that the Tamil Chachamim were not prepared, did, had not prepared a Torah blueprint, as you wish, a Torah constitution, a Torah option for how the state should be established, what would be the proper way for the state to function. And indeed, he blames that for the uh, inability of the uh, of creating a true uh, fusion or a true t- synthesis of Torah and state uh, because of the fact that this was all done haphazardly. Certain things were done without consulting Rabbanim, of course. And uh, the, as a matter of fact, one could say that the whole project of Hilchot Medina has been chasing after reality since 1948 instead of trying to, trying to form reality. So that's problem number one, simply that uh, there hasn't been literature, there hasn't been discussion of this. Because of that, the project of Hilchot Medina has very limited uh, literary sources. Of course, there are statements in Chazal. There is part of Masechet Sanhedrin deals with the laws of the king. Uh, the Rambam, we already mentioned, that the Rambam devotes a part, or the last part, of Mishnah Torah to Hilchot Melachim Umilchamotehem, the laws of kings and their wars. But if we compare, of course, with the breadth of halachic literature on other topics, certainly much less is left to be desired. Of course, we also have, and this is a problematic uh, uh, question, right? we have descriptions of the functioning of a political system in Tanakh. Certainly uh, in Tanakh, both in the Midbar and in Nevi'im Rishonim, we certainly have descriptions of political system. We have discussions of political debate, of changes within the political system, and uh, one of the questions uh, 
is to what extent is it a good idea, to what extent is it relevant, to what extent is it uh, proper to Paskin Halacha from Tanakh when not mediated by Chazal, of course. We know in other areas of Halacha we wouldn't think of Paskin from the Chumash. But here, regarding Nach, regarding areas we have very few guidelines, is it possible to use precedents from Tanakh in order to try to establish uh, guidelines for today? I'll leave that question open. Maybe we'll deal with them later. One of the results of the fact that we have very limited sources is the uh, need to flesh out, I would say, some of the sources that we have. Very often, when we have different shita, we show him, let's say, in a certain halachic issue. So first of all, we can try, and often we do try, to try to bring the Shita Rishonim closer to one another. When one Rishon is obscure, we can say really he meant what the other Rishon said. One can explain the other, whether there is biographical or historical connections between the two, but the fact that this idea of Pershna Rishonim allows us to ascribe uh, the, the unknown or the obscure opinion to Rishon to something that is clear. That's number one. Number two, when we have different opinions among the Rishonim, we also have the possibility of uh, utilizing our discretion. Uh, the Posek has the possibility of using his discretion in uh, determining what the halacha should be based on other considerations. We have a very well-known situation of Shalat Chak. When we have Shalat Chak, when we have extenuating circumstances, then we might rely on a minority opinion or even on the Das Yachid, on a unique, unicum opinion that without, without other, other people agreeing, when, again, that is part of the art of the Posek to determine, to weigh when such a minority opinion should be accepted. But we're all aware that there are areas of halacha where we definitely, or many people, certainly uh, many, much of Am Yisrael, relies on opinions that are minority opinions are not necessarily the major mainstream halachic opinions. If we think of questions like like Eruvin, questions of Chadash and Chutzlaretz, even if we talk about the issue that was raised uh, from the beginning of the 19th century, the question of Shemitah and Heta Mechira, Rav Kook writes very clearly in his writings on Shemitah that the Heta Mechira is based on the assessment that we are in Shalat Chak, we're under very extenuating circumstances, the situation in Eretz Yisrael requires a solution because the, otherwise this could lead to the very, very bad situation economically, it could uh, cause people to leave Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, because of that, because of the extenuating circumstances, he is willing to uh, uh, undertake the Heter Mechira, which of course is not based on unanimity in the postgame. There's certainly a, the whole Heter Mechira uh, is based on preferring certain Shittah Rishonim to others in order to reach this conclusion that uh, that was necessary again in the circumstances. So here uh, we have a problem. We don't have all that material available and it's more uh, 
problematic uh, how to paskin. And therefore, perhaps, some poskim allow themselves more flexibility, A, more flexibility in interpreting texts that do exist. And number two, also, perhaps, accepting opinions that usually are not, we don't see as mainstream, we show them. Certainly, uh, a book like Joshua Laran, or an opinion like the Abra Benel, usually are not seen as mainstream halacha. However, given the paucity of the material, accepting, taking them into account might also be possible in this situation. In addition to the literary limitations, we also have a lack of precedent in halacha. Okay? Now, not only do we not have a sufficiently large bookshelf, but we also don't have a chain of tradition that we have in other areas of halacha. Just to give an example, if we talk about Hilchot Mila, okay? Mila has been done by the Jewish people, of course, for hundreds and hundreds of years. We have descriptions, we have handbooks, we have traditions, we have Mesorah, right? That Moalim even pass out from one to another. We even have halachic books from the Middle Ages written by Moalim themselves, right? And therefore, we're not uh, creating uh, ex nihilo, we're not creating something out of nothing, right? We have a tradition, and when a new question comes up, it comes up in the context of that tradition. If we didn't have that, we'd be in big, big trouble. <laughs> okay? Think of questions that we would have to deal with today if we only had the texts of Tanakh, or even maybe the texts of Chazal. If we, let's say, had to talk about what is the Jewish family... Right? We have to describe what is the ideal Jewish family based on Tanakh. Right? Certainly, central concepts that we believe in today exist as a result of the development of Masorah, which, even if there's a, a scant textual basis for such ideas, but certainly we accept them today, and certainly there are many areas of halacha when we have, where we have a tradition, and therefore... Uh, that, that uh, affects and makes it much easier to deal with halachic, new halachic questions because they're done in the context of a tradition. Another problem which a contemporary postic has to deal with when talking about Hilchot Medina, the halachot of the state of Israel, is the question of defining new realities. Now, this is a question that exists in many areas of halacha. Just to give an example, a famous example, right? The discovery of electricity, right? That, of course, required Poskim to ask themselves, what is electricity? They had to learn what it is. And we know in the beginning there were various uh, needs or questions about what exactly is electricity. We talk about Rebizok Shmelkes, we talk about Rebchai Moza, we talk about Chazonish, later... About such things. Right? So a Posek had to learn, first of all, what is electricity. I was told that uh, as a young physicist, Professor Zev Lev was called to Rav Herzog, the chief rabbi, and asked to give, a, give Rav Herzog a, a quick course in physics so that he would be able to uh, deal with questions of electricity and halacha. Here, uh, the, the 
uh, application of contemporary political structures to halacha is even more complicated. Right? Regarding technological innovations or regarding science, it's easier to create a consensus. It's easier to check exactly what is electricity. Right? Even though obviously what is uh, told in fifth grade about electricity is not exactly what is explained in a college course regarding electricity, but there is an ability to try to understand what's going on. And there's ability to verify and to check such things through experiments, through scientific system. Regarding political entities, this is much more difficult. No one can put a state, right, a modern state in a laboratory and dissect it, right? Uh, political science scientists would be the first to say that basically the state is an imaginary entity, right? And all of politics depends on the fact that these imaginaries, imaginary things, are uh, continue to exist uh, in people's imaginations. So this makes it much more difficult to deal with such things in the context of halacha. What is a modern state? How does it a modern state different differ from the concept of a kingdom of ancient times. Can we translate rules that apply to a kingdom to a modern state? The fact of a citizen, the concept of citizenship, which did not exist or did not exist in the same way in ancient times, which Halacha doesn't recognize. Does that change things? These questions are all uh, problematic and therefore a posek must ask himself these questions or we will see, even if he does not ask them explicitly, he makes certain assumptions about these questions when he is dealing with contemporary questions of the state. And when we talk about the state of Israel, right, how do we see the state of Israel? First of all, the questions of Ashkafa. Right? Is it good or not good? Is the state of Israel a usurpation of the Jewish people, a, gra- a bunch of uh, uh, descendants of Jews who took over the land of Israel in the name of the Jewish people without any justification, as I guess Satmar would say. Is the state of Israel a recreation, a renewal of the state founded by Ezra Nehemiah? Is it a renewal of the kingdom of the Chasmonaim? Is it a Jewish kehillah? Chabad usually talk about, right? The Jewish Kehillah in Eretz HaKodesh, right, which is endangered by various things, but it does not have a unique status, right? It is, you hope it's on the Arkon, as you were, as it were, right? But it's not Malchut Yisrael, right? Does that make a difference? How are we to make the difference? How does this create different halacha categories? These are other questions, again, that the POSIC either will ask explicitly or we have to understand implicitly what were the considerations of such a POSIC. In addition, okay, we've spoken about a number of unique problems in, in this endeavor of Hilchot Medina. We also have, since, since the Rishonim, there was no systematic treatment of these things, and even the Rishonim very sparsely, do we have knowledge or insight or values that the Rishonim did not have? Right? Again, in scientific areas, we're aware of the category of the idea of nishtanu hatvaim, right? When we find that the scientific information in the Gemara or in the Rishonim 
does not uh, fit our present-day knowledge or our present-day experience, then we have a category uh, used very often called nishtanot vayim. Something has changed, reality has changed, our perception of reality has changed. Uh, those who may know, there's a very interesting book totally devoted to this topic by Rav Neria Gutel. Right? Does that happen also in the world of politics? Is the fact that the world has experienced hundreds of years of politics, right? does that influence halachic considerations? Could we say today that something today that was seen by mm, previous generations as unjust, we say today is a good idea? Perhaps is the experience of the corrupting influence of absolute rule, is that something new? Or is that something that we showed him already knew? Right? Do we say that uh, uh, separation of powers is a good idea or a bad idea? Is this a halachic consideration? Again, these we will leave open. And by the way, do we say that the Jewish political system is unique? Right? Is it unique? Or can we learn from the experience of the world? Right? There's a famous Chuvach Sam Sofer, regarding autopsies, right, where he says basically that Jews, Jewish bodies are different from non-Jewish bodies, and therefore one cannot learn medicine from a non-Jewish body. Uh, in the same sense, do we say that the Jewish political system is different? The Torah political system, or the Jewish political system, has totally different aims than other political systems, and therefore it should be governed in a different way. Hmm? These questions, again, are all uh, on the table. And in addition, political questions by their very nature are complex. They contain many factors. Right? When we have a specific question of Basavachalov, there might be some different contexts in which the same question can happen, but the number of variables is rather limited. Right? Or right, certainly uh, questions of, uh, let's say, Hilchot Shabbat, the number of variables is, is rather, rather limited, right? In Choshu Mishpat, it could be more complicated, right? The more you have uh, uh, other people involved, right? There might be more factors that have to be taken into account. And when we're talking about an entire society, right, when political questions have impact on so many different aspects of people's lives, so therefore, the whole aspect, the whole possibility of Psach is more compl- complicated. One more question that we have to deal with is the question of the halachic status of the an expertise, right, of experts. Who can give expert opinions in these areas? We're all familiar with the status of a doctor regarding, let's say, Chil Shabbos, or regarding eating on Yom Kippur, Right? Generally, right, we say, Halacha has ruled how to accept such opinions and what are the parameters of such uh, expertise. But in general, we say that such a person, person who is generally ex- uh, understood as being an expert in medicine, does have uh, uh, the possibility to influence or to inform a psakalacha by uh, determining that doing something or uh, avoiding to, to do something would create a danger to life. Does the same status of expertise apply to a political scientist, a politician, 
or a general. If a general says that such an act is dangerous, is that to be accepted? If a politician says that a certain uh, policy endangers the well-being of the state, is that to be accepted? What is the halakhic status of such expertise? This has bearing on very important questions in contemporary Israel. We might address these later on. And the last thing when we talk about Hilchot Medina, and this is also a question that is implicit in most of the halakhic discussions, are we talking about an ideal situation? Are we talking about Hilchot HaDemashicha? We're talking about creating a model of an ideal Torah state. Right? Or are we talking about how to influence the contemporary state of Israel? For instance, if we have a question about the status of non-Jews within a Jewish state, we can deal with this question, I would say, from the uh, top down. We could say here, what does the Torah say about non-Jews, the treatment of non-Jews within a Jewish society? What does the Gemara say? What does the Rambam say? What limitations could perhaps be put on the statements of the Rambam? Right? Maybe we don't have to exactly apply them totally, but that would be the basis. Right? And then now we could have a structure, a ideal constitution, or an ideal law uh, for non-Jews? Or should the process be the other way around? What, given the state of Israel as it exists today, what policies are feasible, possible, or worthy within the values of the state as it exists today? So we always have to ask this question. I must say that some of the postkin uh, or writers on these topics don't always make this distinction clear. So sometimes you can have an article written on a halachic topic and it's not exactly clear, tachlis, like we say, what is the bottom line? What are we supposed to do with this article? It's lahagdil uh, to but it doesn't really inform us as to what we should do in our particular situation. Okay? Just to end uh, this f- introduction, I just want to mention perhaps a few of the major figures in this uh, project of Hilchot Medina. I'll mention perhaps three Rabbanim uh, who uh, began uh, to deal with these questions in a serious way. First is one I mentioned already, Rav Herzog, who was the chief rabbi in the first years of the state and attempted to write a constitution for the state of Israel and corresponded with other rabbis he was in general he was unsuccessful, but his writings have been published uh, since and uh, provide a lot of food for thought. The second was Rav Shaul Yisraeli, who was uh, first uh, Talmud of Rav Kook in Merkaz Rav, and then became the Rabbi of Kfar HaOeh, and later was a Dayan in the Beit Din Agadol and a Rosh Hashiva in Merkaz Rav. Uh, he wrote a number of things trying to deal with the halachic status of the state of Israel. And his treatment of these things is really one of the classic and uh, most uh, often quoted discussions of these topics. The third person is Rav Eliezer Waldenberg, who some of you may know of, the author of the famous response at Tzitz Eliezer, a very voluminous writer uh, on the questions, very prolific writer on uh, questions of halacha in general and especially halacha in medicine. He devoted an entire book to the question of Hilchot Medina, to the halachot of the state, and his 
approach there in that book in general, we'll, we'll maybe talk about him a little more later, is really to describe the ideal halachic state without and saying this is what the state, this is how the state should function and take it or leave it. He doesn't really try to integrate that state with the contemporary state of Israel. One more thing I'll mention is that uh, there is a lot of writing on these topics in recent years, and one of the uh, periodicals that is devoted, uh, among other things, to this topic is the annual volume Tchumin, which is published at Alon Shvud, and by Machon Tzomet, which devotes almost every year a number of articles to these questions and uh, promotes the halachic discussion of these issues. And uh, our first, our next meeting will deal with the question of what is the proper regime, political regime according to the Torah. And of course we will deal with the question of mitzvah minu melech, is there a mitzvah to establish a monarchy? Thank you.